This is the show off. It's the collab you didn't know you needed. The unholy union of two powerhouses of Australian media. Pedestrian and the Batuta Advocate. Taking a savage swipe at the week in entertainment news. Anything you've missed? And everything you give a shit about. I'm Josie Rosenberg-Clark, Head of Editorial at Pedestrian. I'm Effie Bateman, Lifestyle and Entertainment Reporter at the Batuta Advocate. And I'm Wendell Hussey, the Sports Reporter at the Batuta Advocate and the token bloke of this podcast. Now, today on the show-off, we've got plenty to talk about. We've got a quirky little obsession from you, which we're not aware of yet, Josephine. <laughs> we're going to talk some Ted Lasso. We're going to talk Stan Grant and the ABC. There's a new show out, which is causing some controversial headlines and sounds particularly scat from what you were <laughs> telling me, uh, Euphemia Bateman. And we're going to round it out with... The Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid. <laughs> Looking forward to a chat about all things entertainment. But as we do, obsessions. <laughs> Who'd like to go first? JRC, Effie Bateman, who wants to take it away? I feel like Effie Bateman. Yeah, I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah, she's sitting, she's sitting it's on something. She's sitting on something. It's always cooked. I actually didn't have an obsession until about 12.30 last night. Okay. I was... Uh, <laughs> the best time to find obsessions. Exactly, well. exactly. I was just um, I was scrolling on BookTok because mm-hmm. I, I take all their recommendations. Some of them are good, some of them are bad. But I came across this channel that does this series called Book Jail Series. And essentially she finds books that she believes should never have seen the light of day. Mm-hmm. Now, guys, what do you think the book <laughs> Conquered by Clippy is about? <laughs> oh, my God. Is it a fanfic about Clippy from Microsoft's office? Is yeah. it is it sexual Fuck. fanfic? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a erotic novel about Microsoft. <laughs> That's. It's an erotic novel about Microsoft Clippy written <laughs> By Leonard Delaney. <laughs> now, you guys, the author looks exactly what Leonard. you think he would look like. Oh, my goodness. Can I see? No, Leonard. Is Leonard okay? So Clippy, he- Clippy has pretty dreamy eyes. You got to give him that. <laughs> and you know what? Beautiful He's helpful. Curves. He's he helpful. helpful. He's supportive. He's always yeah. there. He's he asks if you're okay. Like <laughs> <laughs> He's got the love language going. But this this guy has a... um. Part of a digital desires series. Oh god! Yeah. <laughs> and it has a prequel featuring the same female character. <laughs> Sorry, I've lost my mind. <laughs> called Taken by Tetris Blocks. <laughs> <laughs> now, guys, I think you're dying to hear an excerpt, right? Yes. Oh my god, I'm crying. Please. All right. <laughs> How are you going to get through this? The character is called Christy, mm-hmm. and uh, I think she's just discovered Clippy. Okay. I think there's something. Um, <laughs> she's gone to a different planet, found an alien, and Clippy is there. This guy was originally a sci-fi author, but he decided to deviate. Yeah, a natural segue. And that, yeah. Um, so, okay, I'll, I'll read it and I'll okay. set the scene for you guys. <laughs> she reached out and grabbed his glowing red end. It was hot. <laughs> <laughs> but not too hot. He uncurled further at her touch. <laughs> oh my god! I'm micro hard. <laughs> Would you like? Yes, Clippy, assist me. Assist. 
joking. It looks like you were trying to reach your orgasm. Can I assist you using butt stuff? Oh, my God. <laughs> How long does this fucking fan fiction oh, go it's for? It's 4,000 words. 4,000. You can get it $2, I believe, with Amazon. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and there's also one about an iWatch and a copyright page. Oh, and wow. Goodness me. I mean, that's probably... The Minions in Me is also... I don't know if that's the same character. But... Mm. Has anyone checked on Leonard? Like, I don't <laughs> I don't think he's well. I mean, Leonard's probably getting an uptick. Like, he's mm. probably sold a few hundred bucks worth of yeah. his fanfic off the back of yeah. BookTok. It's more um, than I can say. For, I mean, on. I thought I was sick for writing a Harry yeah. Potter fanfic, but Leonard's made me feel better about my life choices. Yeah. But the- he, like you say, he's making money. I'm not. So. He probably laughs every time someone buys yeah. it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of graphic shit there in the space of, like, those four sentences. I thought it was all about, like, the build-up and the yeah. lead-up to, like, you know, mm. a moment. But he's like, nah, just butt stuff and Clippy straight yeah. in. Cool. Clippy, I was um, <laughs> Any other nominations for Book Talk Jail? You got any JRC? No. I only read Harry Potter on repeat. So yeah, fair. I can't mm. contribute. Now we'll move on to an obsession that I think it's fairly safe to say is a little bit more wholesome. Mm-hmm. JRC, Ted Lasso. Yes, we've been like messaging about this because Mm. every time I watch it, I'm like, have you watched it? Because I need to talk about it with someone. The episode where they had the red string tied around their penises. Yep. I thought was just an amazing. Extreme lol. Amazing piece of slapstick comedy. Why did they do that? You have to watch to find out, Effie. It's on Apple TV Plus. There you go, little plug. Mm. But it's up to season three. Yep. We've talked about it before. We've said season one came at the right time. COVID, lockdown, everyone was depressed. It's wholesome. It's funny. Everything like that. Season two, I stuck with it because I love the characters. I love the show. I think season three has been great. I know you agree. Yeah. But we're coming to an end one and more I'm, episode. I'm freaking out. Yeah. Like I'm not okay about it. I'm a little bit scared too. Like as you said, Extremely popular season one. It kind of ebbed and flowed a bit. This season as well had a little kind of, you know, bit of ebb in the middle there where you're a bit like, mm, what's going on here? I know a lot of my mates have been like, nah, I'm done. Like they mm. watched a couple of episodes and like I'm out. Like they just couldn't get through it. And like I totally get that. I guess it's not for some people. But I love having once a week an extremely wholesome TV show yep. that has like a wide range of characters and discusses a wide range of things and generally leaves you feeling nice and warm and fuzzy. I know some people might not like that, but for me, I like having that once a week in my life and you're getting a fair few giggles in there as well. There's some good content, good comedy as well. So for me, I've been thoroughly enjoying it and like all the different eras that are coming through, like I'm loving the Jamie Tart era. I might have mentioned that before. The new Roy Kent, the, you know, the tie-dye Roy Kent I'm loving. They made us believe that season Mm. three was going to be the final Mm -hmm. one and we've only got one episode, but you reckon they might be running it back. Yeah, so I had just a minor panic attack during last week's episode because I thought it was the second last one. And it was starting to tie things up, don't you think? Mm, Like a few little storylines are starting to head towards their natural end. I thought it was interesting Ted was barely an episode though. So considering it's like he's the titular character, there's a lot of other, like you said, wide range of characters, wide range of plot lines we're very invested in. They all were kind of tying up a bit. So I started to freak out and I Googled. I'm like, is season three the last? Brendan Hunt, who plays Coach Beard, he did an interview in April, so recently, it's like a month, mm. a month ago, and he he said that 
the original arc of the show and the way they planned it out was three seasons, but he did not rule out future seasons of the show. I think it's just this storyline. Yeah. And there's so many characters. So you can imagine that it could live on. Mm. And I just don't think Apple TV are going to kill off their biggest show. Yeah. Well, season three premiere was a record. They're still getting huge numbers watching it. As you said, it doesn't make sense for them to be like, oh, okay, cool, yeah. we're just going to cut our losses. It doesn't make sense for them to be like, oh, okay, cool, we'll just wrap it up and just not stop yeah. and stop making this uh, record TV show. And you mentioned there there was an episode uh, a couple of episodes ago where Ted Lasso kind of didn't feature too mm. much, who's the American coach, the feel-good American coach who goes over there and just finds all the good in the world and sees through all the uh, – all the darkness and bad things, I think that's what they're going to go with. Yeah. I think he's going to go back home, see his son, maybe get back together with his wife, patch things up, yep. and then we'll see a season four where it plays out with all these other characters. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like maybe it doesn't work. I'm happy to commit to season four, mm-hmm. roll through that. If it doesn't work, no worries. We'll wrap it up and we'll leave it at that, say yeah. thank you very much and not do, you know, 13 episodes like some of the some of the great all-time TV shows. But, yeah, I'm happy to just let Ted go at the end of this season and see what we can do with all the other characters because I think there's enough there. Yeah, me too. I think they've given us enough other characters that we're invested in and they're kind of soft launching mm. his exit. But like you said, I, I'm not opposed to shows ending quickly. I think Friends went on for way too long. How I Met Your Mother had such a good premise and they just milked it for all it was worth. And then when they ultimately like revealed the ending, we're all just like, really? Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm not against shows, you know, Succession is yeah. ending after I think four seasons. I'm not opposed to that. But I just think there's, they've built up so many plot lines and so many characters that we care about. I actually think it'll be too soon for Ted Lasso. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly there. Now, we move on to a first of our top stories today. And we're talking about something, JRC, that I'm assuming you're going to watch probably 150 times this year, albeit peripherally. It might yeah. just be on in the background. Mm. But the Disney live-action remake of The Little Mermaid is about to hit TV screens. Yeah, the reviews are coming out and a lot of people aren't particularly big fans of it, JRC. Yes, it's an interesting one. There was a lot of backlash to this movie because it's another live-action remake and not all people are behind Disney just making all of their movies live-action for the sake of dollars. I'm kind of torn because a couple of them I've enjoyed and a couple of them I've hated and a couple of them I haven't seen. Like I didn't watch Aladdin because I'm too attached to Robin Williams, Mm. so I was like, I can't do it. But Little Mermaid, the controversy started when a black actress, Halle Bailey, was cast as Ariel, which is like, why are we getting heated about this? It's a it's a made-up movie. It's not like, no, Ariel has to be white. It's like you can do whatever the fuck you want with it. It's a mermaid. She doesn't mm. exist in the world. Anyway, but then there was also some really gorgeous videos of like young black girls watching the trailer and tearing up and crying going, She looks like me and just some really beautiful moments as well. So I think a lot of people have been waiting with bated breath for this Mm. one to see if it passed muster. So there was a premiere last night. A bunch of people in my office went, in the pedestrian office, went to see the movie and a bunch of film critics across the country, across the world have also seen it. And the two differing opinions are quite stark. There's a lot of these awful just Savage for the sake of being savage. And it's kind of what we talked about with Mario where it's like, here's one star for a kid's movie. 
I'm saying as an adult, it's mm. just like this isn't for you. Why are there film critics for children's know. movies? I don't know. And I think with this it is the nostalgia because I can remember seeing The Little Mermaid in the cinema. That's how old I am. It was my first movie I ever saw in the cinema. I don't know if I made it the whole way through. I probably got bored or like needed Had to pee a bunch of times. But I can remember going to see it. So it's a favourite of mine. So I think there's that ownership people have over it. But some of these reviews, like the West Australian said, Little Mermaid remake should be buried at sea. Another review said it was less than ship shape. And another one said it sinks under its own weight. So, like, aside from being savage, they're just some terrible oceanic <laughs> puns <laughs> as well. ocean puns. <laughs> Nautical puns. Yeah. But then everyone in the office that saw it really liked it. They're not saying, oh, this is groundbreaking. Oh, this movie absolutely should have been made. Like, I am 100% in support of this remake. But they enjoyed themselves. It's a good movie. It has a good message. It makes enough changes to the original and kind of mm. updates it enough that, it's just a good ride. Like they said, the the songs were fantastic. David Diggs, they all called out as being the best as Sebastian, the mm. little crab. So I'm just like, why are critics just ready to like take it down when mm. audiences who movies are for are like, this is a good movie, like just relax. Why do they keep doing this? Why are they so angry? Because they're critics. Oh. They're just angry people. Do you think like maybe there should be actual kids who – critique movies yes like let's absolutely. get some four-year-olds and get someone to just like write down what they say like this was good i had fun the crab was funny yeah we the sharks were scary apparently yeah. they are scary because they're like real sharks this time oh yeah live action mm. of course mm. that would be quite terrifying yeah but you know part of growing up i guess yep. so why don't we have two like we can have an adult <laughs> one who critiques it and then we have a kid's one you know that's like half the article, the other half's kids. Yeah. And then we can just have some realistic, honest feedback from the kids who these movies are made for. I mean, obviously, like, these movies are also made for adults and adults get so much out of kids' movies too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But let's hear from the kids too. I I just, yeah, I'm a little bit with you, JRC. Like, same on the um, Mario Bros movie. Like, why can't people just enjoy the movie? And just if people just go like, okay, this isn't groundbreaking. Yeah. This doesn't have some, like, you know, really incredible statements that it makes. <laughs> it's not, like, shaping, you know, culture. It can just be an enjoyable yeah. movie, right? That people go and enjoy watching and have fun. Well, yeah, like I, I definitely get the backlash about remakes, but I feel like with this, it was more. It wasn't just the backlash; it was focusing on the actresses yeah. casting. Yeah, mm. but yeah, we've had remakes for a while. I think, like, look, going back, one hundred and one Dalmatians. Yeah, that was a remake. Yeah, and that was awesome. Yeah, but there's just it's just because there's been like a so many at once that mm. people are getting sick of it but yeah they just it's nasty yeah it's just nasty. just have fun just go to the movies get some popcorn yeah have fun how many people actually read reviews do you reckon before going to the movies yeah i don't know because obviously i'm gonna have to see this movie like rosa saw the trailer while we watched mario actually so yeah. she was very much like i want to see the yeah. mermaid movie and she hasn't shut up about it yeah. i've actually played her the original not interested she wants really? to see the scary sharks. <laughs> Big grown-up Rosa. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm still going to go. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know if people do. I don't know if people will go, oh, wow, it should be buried at sea. I'm not going to go and see it. Mm. I don't know. I'm always like, I'll make my own mind up. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I'll always take the opinions of my friends or family above what someone writes. Yeah on the internet as well like i'll be like mm, sometimes i might go and have a look and see what it says but yeah i was just curious how many people would yeah like, i'm not going to see that you know my favorite online reviewer said it was no good yeah well the majority of like if you look at imdb the mm. majority of movies that everybody loves especially comedies 
They're like six on IMDb. Yeah. There's mm. so many. Yeah. So true. And you can review bomb stuff. Like the trailer for this was, wasn't it one of the most downvoted videos in the history of YouTube? It's disgusting. Yeah. So you like, and we've seen that happen with it Star Wars. With Ghostbusters remake. Ghostbusters, they did it with that. Sexist people did it for Ghostbusters. Yeah. Racist people did it for Star Wars. Like the power of people, they can go and downvote shit and then hope that that means that no one will see it. But I don't think that will work because like, Disney brings in the box, so I'm sure yeah. people will still see this. Yeah, and I'm sure it will get played so many times yeah. in so many households yep. over the I'm next ready for six it. months and six years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll know all the song lyrics back to back. Now, next up, we're talking about the HBO show The Idol, which is being made by Sam Levinson, who is the creator of Euphoria. Not a show that I have seen, actually, but I know it's a big one here, particularly in the Matuta Advocate office. Mm. Effie's a Clancy's big Euphoria behind gal. It a lot as oh, well. Clancy loves it. Mm. Um, Effie loves it. But you don't love Sam Levinson, the creator of Euphoria and the creator of the new show, The Idol, which is about to come out. Features his pop star The Weeknd. It's got Lily Depp in it as well, I believe. And it is causing serious controversy. People are not very happy with the show from what mm -hmm. I can tell. Effie Bateman, would you like to take Ooh. it away? I'm ready. Yeah. I'm mad. Oh, you know what? Can I just start off by saying I'm sick of seeing the articles where it's like, oh, can or Ken's audience applauds blah, blah with seven minutes standing ovation. Mm. You know what? They would applaud a framed picture of a potato for 10 yeah, minutes. That's just so, what you do when you're there. Mm. You stand yeah, up and clap. You stand up and clap. So I saw one of those articles today when I was taking my angry deep dive into the <laughs> idol, which I've been tracking for months, like yeah. rage tracking. Yeah. I'm not going to watch it because I don't, you know, want to give him the satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Essentially, this series started development in 2021 and it was supposed to be directed by the Girlfriend Experience director, Amy Simetz, and her vision was to portray the series through a feminist lens, positioning Jocelyn, who Lily Rose Depp plays, as a victim of predatory behaviour. Anyway, she was replaced by Sam Levinson and The Weeknd. Mm. So Sam Levinson is the creative euphoria, which has faced a lot of controversy for being just a show about nudity and teenagers and he's had like a past of making quite a few shows centred around teenagers, which I don't know. Mm. I think that's a bit odd. Is he doing the Harry Potter remake? Probably. I could see that. <laughs> he's probably gunning for it. You yeah. Know he is. <laughs> and The Weeknd, incredibly talented musician, mm -hmm. but has faced a lot of backlash in the past for some pretty, you know, gross lyrics about women. So essentially this terrible twosome yeah. have joined up. <laughs> yeah, you're replacing a female director with noted feminist yeah. Sam Levinson and The Weeknd. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Seems like a straight swap to exactly. me. Exactly. Yeah. And if he likes hectic shit uh, being acted out by teenagers – Lord knows what he wants to see with an adult cast. <laughs> yeah. I hate this man. I'm so angry. An anonymous production member told Rolling Stone it was supposed to be a show about a woman who was finding herself sexually that turned into a show about a man who gets to abuse this woman and she mm. loves it. It was supposed to be a dark satire of fame and the fame model in the 21st century and it went from satire to the thing it was satirising. It's been described as sexual torture porn, rape fantasy, and there's been some pretty messed up scenes. For example, in episode two, there's an entire 10-minute scene of The weekend talking dirty to Lily while she fingers herself for him and then he tells her 
to suck his penis and she gives him head and that Sam Levinson originally wanted that scene to be a lot longer. Like, longer that's ten, than minutes. ten minutes. Ten minutes <laughs> of someone fingering is himself. so fucking long. That is an extremely long scene. Yeah, oh you buy her one of those clit sucking vibrators. Ten get minutes is too long. I get bored. Yeah, me too. Is no hand tired? Yeah, <laughs> you have shit to do. Yeah, come on. One scene which was never shot, according to the source, who's obviously mm-hmm. started telling people all these things had the weekend bash in Depp's face while her character smiled and begged for more, what which gives fuck? him an erection. Oh, my God. Sounds like super feminist stuff. Yeah. Mm. it's To me, it's a far worse version of Quentin Tarantino always needing his feet in movies. Yeah. But this is like two men with horrible sexual mm. fantasies mm. that have the money and the power to live these out and involve a young actress who is defending this because mm-hmm. she – I can see, like, there, there is even a scene where there's an image of her and someone's ejaculated on her face, on the image of her face. And I can just imagine a few years' time her looking back at this and being like, this was a horrible mm. thing to mm-hmm. be involved in. But she's 23 and I know I sound like a condescending 29-year-old <laughs> when I say maybe isn't aware that – this is a very disgusting project to mm. get involved in. Well, on paper, maybe she was like, it sounds gritty and, like, you know, mm. Euphoria has been critically acclaimed. Yes, it's been controversial, mm. but Zendaya's won Emmys. Like, it's been kind of lauded by critics. So maybe she thinks this is my big break. Mm. But it also sounds like it turned into something that she didn't sign up for and maybe she just stuck with it. But she's also refusing to do interviews, apparently. Mm. After the... Uh, being called out for being a Nepo baby. Yeah. And I believe she came back with a less than ideal response saying, no, I'm not. I've worked hard for where mm. I am. And mm-hmm. now she's afraid <laughs> that reporters will twist her words. Yeah. 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 And also probably attack the show. Mm. This whole thing sounds like a complete and utter mess, really. Yeah. I wonder how it'll go. I wonder how it'll be received and yeah. how many people will actually watch it. Because Euphoria was probably the show. Was that the show of 2022? Yeah, uh, and House of the Dragon. Yeah, okay. Hmm. I would say for pedestrian, that's yeah. what we we're writing about a lot with yeah. both of those shows. Yeah, Euphoria felt like the show for me that everyone was talking about yeah. last year. So yeah. obviously she was probably trying to bank off the back of that success and, you know, maybe this uh, this new show might give that. But, yeah, I'd be curious to see how many people actually churn in. I or mean, they probably will out of curiosity, right? Fuck. I'm curious, but mm. I also know that that's a bad thing. Yeah. And not, I don't want to be involved in that. Maybe you can just put it on in the background, do something else, and then just like watch it mm. with one eye. Yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be on binge here, I think, as most HBO shows yeah. are. Mm. So yeah. starting in the next couple of weeks. You know what I keep wondering is uh, Zendaya has such a clean image, and mm. I wonder when this is going to start affecting her or if it will being so heavily evolved with Sam Levinson. I read a blind item that she's not coming back to Euphoria. That is very smart, I mm. think. Mm-hmm. Mm. Perfect time to hit the ejector button. Yep, take those Emmys and run, Zendaya. <laughs> run! <laughs> now we'll move on to our final story of the day today and it is a bit of a follow-up from what we were speaking about mm. last week in regards to the ABC's coverage of the coronation and now Stan Grant, journalist on ABC, has stood down from his role with the ABC, the public broadcaster. He's left Q&A 
the panel show that he hosts on Monday nights. He won't be writing columns for them anymore. He writes quite a few columns for the ABC. He won't be doing that anymore. Don't really have a clear timeline on whether he will be back. He says he wants to come back at a certain point in time, but we'll just see what happens. He's taking a big break from the media. He's stepped down from the ABC generally, and it's received a lot of interesting commentary online. Q&A is basically the flagship program for the ABC as well. It's like their survivor or their <laughs> their, maths. Uh, their maps. It's essentially the ABC's maps, right? Yeah. Like it's the most, uh, the show with the most mm. public profile and mm. he was put in the seat to host that and basically navigate through conversations every single week, a lot of difficult conversations and he cops a lot of abuse online and it sounds like offline as well. He seems to cop a lot of abuse for that. But he came out on Friday and said that he was standing down. He was taking time. And I think it's worth just giving a quick synopsis of the timelines of events there. He said on that on Friday, he basically gave a bit of a statement then. There was a lot of speculation that it was in regards to the racist abuse that he was receiving on social media. A lot of media organizations were trying to figure out where they stood on it, whether they were complicit in it, all that sort of stuff. And then on Monday before his final hosting of the program, he came out and he clarified that it was actually to do with the media as well, as well as himself. And then he gave a really powerful speech on Q&A on Monday night where he was clearly emotional and, and visibly emotional. And everyone, I think, who watched the speech was pretty emotional watching it as well. He interestingly said that he felt like he was a part of the problem and he wanted to step back from that as well. He said, too often we're the poison of the bloodstream of our society, talking about the media's role in that. But he also spoke about the lack of support that he received from the ABC internally, the constant attacks he receives in the media from other organisations and the abuse that he receives online and offline as well. He's had threats against his family and all that sort mm. of stuff too. And the one of the saddest moments in that speech that he gives is, you know, if you set out to hurt me, well, you've succeeded, mm. you've done, and he's taking some time to step down and we don't know where, where it'll end up, but it's... Um, pretty horrific story all around really someone who has achieved so much in the media he has a really long and storied career he's been at multiple organizations SBS CNN he's been you know all over the world covered all sorts of things he's been with the ABC Channel 7 he's done so much and for him at this point to just go I can't handle this anymore and I need a break is yeah is pretty full on and i'm you know i just want to say i'm a stan stan yeah it's it's pretty upsetting to see that he doesn't feel like he can cope with the media spotlight anymore and i think it's going to trigger a lot more discussions around the media's place in our society and what it all means moving forward well it was a lot of it coming off the back of the coronation coverage yeah so we talked about this a couple of episodes ago mm. but they copped a lot of complaints about their bias during the coverage, ABC's coverage of the coronation. And part of it was this kind of panel discussion that he took part in hours before the actual ceremony started, where he spoke about the impact of um, the monarchy mm. on Indigenous people, colonisation, which he's right to do if as an Indigenous some, man. If you have someone, <laughs> an Indigenous man on a panel yeah. talking about yeah. British royalty, what do yeah. you think's going to yeah, happen? Yeah, exactly. And I think ABC took a really interesting stance on the coronation, which I liked. I mm. was a stan of that coverage. They had to cover it and so they they did take a risk because they know, I guess, what the general public in Australia is like. Mm. But 
basically they took that risk, but it sounds like they didn't really support Stan yeah. in the aftermath of that. And I do think there is a lot of tokenism on TV with people of colour, with LGBTQIA people, with Indigenous people, where they're invited to come on shows like ABC shows, The Project. We've seen it happen a lot on Channel 10's The Project where they come on, they say their piece and it's the the network gets their soundbite, they get their, they tick their box. We've got this amazing person saying this incredible stuff. But then when, you know, the racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic fuckwits start trolling these talented and amazing mm. and intelligent people, the networks aren't there to support them in the aftermath. And that's yes. that's key. I think that's yeah. what he's it's calling out. It's as simple out. as the amount of times that you see something pop up on your Facebook feed. Like mm. I hate reading oh. news comment sections. <laughs> it is just the worst people yeah. of humanity. Mm. It could be as simple as someone just going along and making sure those really awful comments are deleted. Mm. And that's oh, I mean, there's thousands of them as well. Like, obviously, that there mm. should be someone going and deleting them, but that's it is crazy the amount of stuff online. And as you said, they get their sound bites out of it, and then you see the news.com.au article, you see the Daily Mail article, yeah. and, and probably four or five or six or seven articles over a few days about that particular mm -hmm. sound bite and comments on it and follow ups from it. And there will just be thousands of comments, and so many of them will be abusive and vitriolic. Yeah. And, and then, as you said, there is no support offered, and that's what he hit out at the mm. ABC um, management for the lack of support that was offered to him and in the wake of the coronation coverage as well. Sounds like nobody came up to him. Nobody said, you know, can we help you out? What can we do? He didn't want to name names, but it sounds like generally across the board mm. he was let down institutionally by the ABC and they didn't publicly come out and say anything. They didn't do anything publicly to defend Stan and to say mm. this isn't acceptable and it's not right the way you guys are going after him and attacking yeah. him. Because that was another big point he was making is basically that the Murdoch media were just hounding him and it's, going after him. And that's what they do, it's right? Nuts. They, if they don't like you, yeah. for example, they don't like Abby Chatfield. Mm. Every eye sink <laughs> everywhere. Like yeah, you, yeah. Usually news.com or Daily Mail. Mm. If they decide they don't like you, you're going to be plastered on every single website with you know, out of context things that yeah. you've said, and they make sure that people are going to gang up with you on you, mm -hmm. which I'm sure it like I saw so much things about the coronation coverage and how dare he? This isn't yeah. the time to talk about it. When is the time to talk <laughs> yeah. about it then? Yeah, I think it's a perfect time. Mm. Yeah, I think if you're not an indigenous person, you don't have the lived experience that Stan Grant has. It's not your place to say what. When is the time for him mm. to talk about that stuff? That's not. It's not for you and it doesn't have anything to do with you. So, But it's also ensuring that everybody's saying the same thing on every news channel yeah. instead of having different opinions, which is what news should be about. Yeah. Mm. And that's what people always call for. They always want different opinions, but then when they're different opinions that don't yeah. fit in with their worldview, <laughs> they're like, mm, no, maybe not. Like, oh, I know yeah. even our comments section are fucking minefield mm. at time for Tudor and pedestrian. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's the whole thing, you know, there's been plenty of discussions about what people say online, but I think it's interesting to note as well he's basically calling out of the Murdoch media and the mainstream media because I tend to feel they've become a little bit like social media users as well. Like a lot of these pundits, particularly on Sky News, particularly in the News Corp tabloids, they've basically gotten into that mindset that people on social media have where you can say things and there won't be any repercussions for what you say. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see whether 
the government or whether any voices in the media actually come out and say we need to curb this, we need to stop this, we need to have a more holistic look at what it is the media is doing in our society because, as he said, poison in the blood, what's going to happen? Is it mm. just going to be stand, steps aside, and then the next person that comes along will get hammered mm. and will continue to move on or will there be any kind of changes made? The ABC staff all came out and supported Stan Grant. They all had printed out things, I stand with Stan and rejecting racism on Monday. I think there's conversations there about whether they supported Stan over the last couple of weeks, whether people were trying to talk to him, whether people were trying to help him, whether people were offering an ear, offering a hug, basically helping their colleague and their friend out. I think there's conversations about whether internally in the organisation people were actually doing that. Obviously, we need to look at the board of the abc and what happens at a managerial level because i think there's arguments that like they can come out and support him but are they going to be able to actually understand what he goes through no are they going to be able to do anything that actually helps moving forward you read out the names on the abc board ita buttrose (laughs) peter lewis georgie somerset david anderson mario diorazio Peter Toner and Laura Tingle. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a very Anglo-Saxon board. Mm -hmm. So until there is greater representation on things like the ABC boards, are we going to see very real change? Are we going to see very real understanding of what people like Stan Grant face in our society? I don't know. I don't know. Mm. It's that catch-22 because the more this happens, the less people of colour, Indigenous people, uh, queer people mm. will want to be on those boards because they'll be like, you know what, it's too hard. I this can't is a shitstorm. I'm not yeah. uh, And what, who would want to cop yeah, this? Yeah, so we're just whitewashing the media yeah. basically. Yeah, exactly. And we spoke about a little bit before the podcast about those high-profile positions in the media like sitting and chairing Q&A and what journalists need to be able to do now. Like a lot of people say, oh, journalists should keep opinion out of it. They should just give the facts. They should just relate what is happening. But at the same time, that doesn't seem to be what people want. People want takes from journalists. Mm. People want opinions from journalists. They need to intermix that in and interweave that in when they're presenting shows that need to be viewable and entertaining. Just straight news, there's not a lot of appetite for Mm. that anymore. And, you know, someone like Stan Grant brings opinion he brings life to shows and he gives his opinion on those things which people seem to love and obviously some people don't love Mm. but it's an interesting role i think for journalists and presenters moving forward how that's going to work tony jones was the host of q a for nearly 10 years i believe he seemed to not have any vitriol but we saw hamish mcdonald Mm -hmm. had to step down now we've seen stan grant so we see people who have Different opinions on things come from different walks of life Mm. and they seem to get hammered in a show that is supposed to have quite a progressive audience as well. I'd say generally most ABC viewers tend to be lefter leaning. Obviously people from all walks of life all around the country watch the ABC, but in a show that's generally quite progressive, it's interesting to see Mm -hmm. that those two guys got hammered so hard and basically felt like they couldn't be in that position anymore. So I don't know. What we'll see with journalists moving forward, how they're going to balance that. As you said, you know, people might just not put their hands up for these roles anymore. It'll just be white loaves of bread hosting Mm. every show on TV. Yeah, and then people will complain about content and journalism and news being too boring and not entertaining and not relatable. So Can't win. You just hope that the people around him are offering him love and support and he's going to find a way to hopefully come back into the media because I think the media is a better place with him in it. Um, but just, yeah, that he gets the help and support that he needs for the next 
period of time and he can get through it and yeah hopefully we can have discussions as a society about what we want to see in our media and what changes we want to see for a healthier basically a healthier media landscape moving forward Mm -hmm. but i think that's it for entertainment news this week it was a pretty heavy one to end on i'm gonna go bit of rambling and ranting from me (laughs) i need to read some clippy clippy (laughs) yeah yeah maybe we should finish it off do you have another segment from any clippy fanfic I wish I did. I wish I did. I'll read my Harry Potter one. No, no, I'm not. not. Although I just wrote a really good scene between the main character and Harry. Spoilers. Sorry. I'm liking this soft launch of the Harry Potter fanfic. I'm hoping for a hard launch. Uh (laughs) Um, Are you micro hard? Yeah, at some point. Maybe that can be like as we round out season one of the show off. We can have the hard launch of Drop um, the, link. the Harry Potter fanfic. <laughs> that is all. That is all for this week. Thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. We love your company. And uh, join us again next week on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye.